This is the audio podcast with Samuel Freeman and Scott Hewitt. Hello! Hello! It's Wednesday, the 1st of June, 2011. You know what time that makes it, Sam? It's time for show 14, news and nine. Of the audio podcast! Woo! Woohoo! Oh, that's ace news. I'm so excited about this. As always, you can find the show notes, which we are actually reading from, at wiki.theaudiopodcast.co.uk. Yeah, so go check out the show notes if you want to. If you've got a problem with us and you want to complain about anything that I've said or Sam said, then why not send us a Twitter, at the audio podcast, Or email show at the audio podcast. And what would be awesome was if people were playing with our show notes as we did the show. Ooh. We should do a live show one time and have people play with the show notes while we're doing it. That'd be ace. Oh, uh, that has nothing to do with the content of our show. It does not. I need a cough. You can start. Okay, so we shall begin <laughs> with um, one of your stories, Portal. Portal 2 music available. So this was reported on um, Create Digital Music and it's Mike Moraski. Yeah, and basically what he's done is taken the um, the threads that are used adaptively within the game mm-hmm. and released them as a re- release them for people just to listen to and enjoy. So it's a fixed form version of what is dynamic music in the games, the Portal games, and yeah, I think it's pretty cool. It's uh, available to listen to. Uh, you can get it free um, as MP3 form from Last FM, I believe. Yeah, I yeah. think so. I mean, um, I think it takes a little bit of clicking around to get there. It's been a while since I used Last FM. I couldn't find it straight away. Um, that's just me. But, but it's there. Um, it's well, when it's free, we mean it's free as in beer. I think that's an important point, isn't it? I don't, we're not. Yeah, I don't. We, we didn't quite work out exactly what the license terms were. So while it's definitely free as in beer, we're not sure. We we suspect it isn't free in any other form. So we're not going to use it at the end of the show. Nope. Okay. Then. Cool. <laughs> that's pretty cool, though. Have you played Portal? Nope. That's the end of that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I like my, my favorite thing that jumped out at me is that it's um is the line music to code by could be as just as appropriate a title for this collection. And I'm always looking for music to code by, so I might give it a go. That that's pretty cool, yeah. Okay. Okay. Let let's bounce on to our next item. Steinberg. Steinberg released their new version of Cubase, which is Cubase Element Six. So it's another price point in their range. So this is under hundred pounds. Um, it's just so complicated, all this, isn't it, man? It's like how many different versions of Cubase are there now? Three, four. It's just loads. Well, I think there's loads. I'm going to go check. I think there's you, three. You tell us about Cubase, and I'm going to go and have a look well, at how many versions are. Well, my guess at this is that there's three. Well, hang on, there we go. I'm, I'm on the page. Let's click on the version. No, I'm on the page. You want to be telling us about this new version of Six? I'm, but the question was far more interesting. I think there's three <laughs> that you can buy, plus there's one that gets shipped with when you buy hardware, especially buy Yamaha hardware. stuff. Yeah, Yamaha integrated stuff. Yeah, and um, we talked about those uh, desks a couple of weeks ago, but yep. they're N series and M series ones, as well as other things. As other things, yeah, you yep. have them in there. That's true. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. But in terms of ones you can buy, you can get Cubase 6, Cubase Artist 6, and Cubase Element 6, which is the new release version. I, yep, yeah, I've bought stripped-down versions of larger packages before. I've been familiar with the big one, think, oh, I like the way it works, I'll get the the cheaper version, you know, I don't need all of those features. But invariably, I find that the stuff that's missing, that I'm aware of, 
I miss it. So if you know Cubase, then maybe it's not such a good idea because it will just annoy you. But if you're looking to get something for the first time, then maybe it's a good idea because it's quite cheap for what it is. Yeah, so when you look at the top features here, it has a, has a list of top features. Um, an award-winning 32-bit floating-point Steinberg audio engine. Well, if it's 32-bit floating-point, okay. Then you could go, but is there a need to go much further than that? Supports up to 64 MIDI channels. For anybody who uses MIDI still, I guess. And 48 audio tracks. 48 audio tracks. That's kind of weird, isn't it? Because I don't, I don't imagine you'd run out of audio tracks, but it kind of feels problematic that there's a limitation there. Mm. That, that's just an opinion there. Yep, just well, as a, I'm with... Yeah, MIDI tracks that would, if you're using VSTIs, then you need a MIDI track for each of those. Each one of them, so yeah. I Include some outstanding virtual instruments. I'm sure they are. Actually, I've tried, I've used some of these. They're good for what they do. I mean, out of the box. Yeah. You're probably likely to be using... Works on Windows X. and Mac. There you go. Yep. <laughs> I don't really have anything else to add to this, really. Well, no, um, I mean, it's just, you know... No. Logic had a new version out last week. Time by have a new version out this week. And it's very true, isn't it? Are we we talked about Cakewalk as well. Yes, just a couple of weeks ago. And Avid, had the and Avid, yeah. So and they're Virgil. just so you know we're just all they're all doing new just, things. Just take it in turns. It's very nice. I I think they really <laughs> need to kind of, in my mind, there needs to be a little bit more kind of. It should be easier to understand where they sit in the line because you know I. You know, I mean, it'd be nice if like you know Cubase, you know, could be Cubase elements. Five and six eighths, or something like that. Right? And then you could, you know, and you could have the seven eighths version and stuff like that. And it kind of. You often get comparison charts when they have different versions, but I haven't seen one that for here. I think specs and downloads. Let's see if that shows it. So, yeah, so that yeah. it says what you get in the different versions. No, I don't see yeah, it very easily. Something like that, isn't there? Is yeah. it? But that's not being presented to us easily. So, so, so we don't know. No, basically we, we, we don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so saying when you're looking in Cubase, why Cubase? Details, maybe? Oh, wait a minute. There's, a, there's an option that says versions. There we are. Look at that, Cubase. Oh, versions. The Cubase family, here we are. You have Cubase 6, the Steinberg's comprehensive top-of-the-line door. We're not, I'm saying, we're, we're, it should be clear, we're not in any way sponsored or endorsed by Steinberg. We're just, we're basically having a bit of fun here, aren't we, actually? There's three versions. Cubase Artist 6 and I Cubase Elements I said this Element already, 6. Scott. Scott, I said this already. You must have been reading. Well, I, I didn't, you know, it's that just... <laughs> All right, then. I'm moving on. There we go. It turns out there's too many versions of Cubase for me to understand. Well, you obviously didn't win the AKG talent competition then. <laughs> Nicely done. The AKG Scholarship of Sound 2011 <laughs> announced its winners. Um, if you go to scholarshipofsound.com and then you have to tell them which country you're in. Well, you can see a photo of them all, actually. But then if you go click on the link, it'll tell you who it is. We had a, a lucky winner from the UK, actually. Um, I just go down and have a look at Richard O'Connor. There you go. Pretty cool. Congratulations. So they get to go and spend some time at the AKG lab in Berlin. And cool. That's pretty awesome. What's next? That was a nice segue, by the way. I like that. Thank you. I'd like to applaud that, uh, that effort there, Sam. Um, it's another one you've added, so I'm going to fail at introducing it. It's Native Instruments Story. Oh, the Native Instruments Story. Yep, yeah, uh, there's two parts to this story. First of all, they're running a whole lot of promotions for June. So it's called Diamond of Summer, and there's 50% off software updates, upgrades, and cross-grades. So there's a whole lot of kind of options there. Um, yeah, you can have a look. Um, dive, if you do go to nativeinstruments.com, take a look for Dive into Summer. Um, you can get it there, obviously, from our show notes as well. Yep. So you can get it from there as well. Um, so that's a whole lot of stuff. One thing I think which probably facilitates their ability to do this, though, has been the fact that Native Instruments have just came out of a reorganization, um, which is 
left them as the kind of they've managed to bring all of their own all of their controlling stock back into house. So okay. they're actually now kind of under under ownership that they can control. So they'll be able to develop the native instruments product family as they want to develop them now. Which is kind of cool. Um the details from that actually came from Symphopia. Okay. Dot com, which is a cool site. So you can go check that out if you want to. Um it, it's essentially a piece of business news, but at the same point it it kind of can give you confidence. You know, it gives you confidence in the platform. If the if the company who owns the platform is in complete ownership of itself, then they're not going to get kind of you know kicked to the wayside as That's part of some larger project. Because native instruments, I well, from my perspective, are most famous for their virtual instrument type stuff. But they also do have a range of hardware, which I'm guessing it's the consolidation of that, which is what they're talking about here. Is it? Um. Well, mm. it, it it was the share ownership. They they. To meet some capital requirements a couple of years ago, they sold a significant amount off to a venture capital firm. Okay. And the thing with a venture capital firm is they're essentially looking to make money out of their share ownership. So for them, it's maximizing profit, maximizing share value and so, which, you know what I mean. You know, this isn't this week's rant, which is our weekly political show. But if you wanted to hear <laughs> something about that, you would hear that on that show. Not the show here. So that's cool anyway. Native Instruments, if you want to play with some Native Instruments or you want to do some upgrades, then there's some great deals going for this month. So you should go check them out. And that means I can segue us into our next thing here, which is... Uh, V-Control? V-Control. Okay. Um, so it seems... Well, we're back on Pro Tools. We have got some Pro Tools this week. And it's also our app iPad story of the week. Um, <laughs> um, it's a new new version 1.1. Um, peak hold meters. You get uh, touch-sensitive faders, pan solo, mute record. Basically, the ability to manipulate Pro Tools from your iPad, which, you know, everybody's doing this kind of stuff. You know, they're doing this kind of stuff now. It makes sense. The, you know, the touch interface is such a such a natural interface, and is actually, well, it's probably not a significantly cheaper option than dedicated hardware controllers. Where it's more people have them because you use them for more things, don't you? So, yeah. So um, instead of spending a few hundred pounds on a hardware interface like that a, works a Mac with you or something like that, yeah, which only works with a couple of things. You've got this, which can do all sorts of stuff. Perhaps, yep. I'm still not sold on these things, but. I, I think it's I awesome. I, I was the, doing a monitor mix for somebody, and I was using a, an eight to eight in Q. No, what was I using to do? It wasn't an eight to eight with Q mix because you can't do it with eight to with Q mix. I get into trouble. I wasn't doing that. I'm guessing you were in universal control with a. Um, no, I'm no? trying to think what it was under. I I am a clue. Okay. The, the, anyway, I I was recently doing. Oh, I know what it was. It was something I'd written myself, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd re- I had a bit of Chuck Virtual Machine code running, and it was running off a web interface, which I'd put onto an iPad, and it allowed me to put it together a monitor mix from, you know, from the center. You know, I could stand where the guitarist was, and he could say, I want more of this, less of this, and I could move the monitor mix for him and listen to what it sounds like. And if you know what the monitor mix is, obviously the guitarist could shout down his microphone when he wanted, as you would normally have done it. But if, you, if you're there and you can hear what's coming out of the monitors, you get an understanding as to how that's going to impact other parts of the game structure and feedback and such. So it's, it's useful to be able to do that. Definitely. So I think it's useful. I know you're not sold on it. But I, oh, think no, it's useful I think that's a really good example of how um, technology, which is often berated for isolating people, and especially iPods and stuff, people they yeah. sit on trains, they don't talk to anyone next to them because they're locked in their own little bubble. But you've got a great example there of how the technology has enabled you to actually stand next to the guy and have a face-to-face conversation while doing the drop which you would normally which in traditional situation you would not been able to do so when we talk about uh mixing uh-huh we, we could uh, quickly return back to the harrison mix bus here which we talked about a couple of wow it would have been at the start i guess 
Maybe. Many, 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 many moons ago. Many moons ago. Many, many moons ago. Um, Harrison Mixplus has made it to version 2.0. Uh, so the Harrison console is a kind of add-on to the Ardor door, which, we, <laughs> which we, we, we've spoken about as well. Cause we did, I think it was at the time, but this is a... So with this, you're, you buy, you're buying the Mixplus, basically. As a as a extra to the Ardor, and yeah, door. it comes. Does it come? So when you buy this, does it come with its own version of it? Because yeah, Ardor's open it'll source, just... isn't it? So they've taken the old... well. Oh. Ardor's the interesting open source project, isn't it? Because it's the open source project, which is definitely open source, but is it surprisingly awkward to actually get a hold of. Oh yeah, even can, though it is open source, you can pay whatever you want for it, including nothing, if you get there in the right way at the right time. Time by fluke, or you can attempt to compile it yourself, which is notoriously difficult. But that's what these people have done. They've taken the code, compiled it themselves with their own non-open source thing, which you can now buy. On top of it, yeah. So it's, it's pretty cool. Um, version 2 is literally just out. Um, it looks like, well, there's a whole lot of cool things in it, and it's really polished. I'm saying when you see, when you see the shots there, it's, it, it has that polish that you would expect. Something like Harrison, who has a lot of expertise in console use and management and console sound. So they themselves have kind of access to the hardware, like some of the very highest quality hardware stuff here, mm-hmm. which they're using, which they're using as the inspiration, both sonically and interface-wise, behind the the mix bus that you put on top of this kind of thing here. And, of and course, from playing with our door, mm-hmm. the mixing I always found was a little bit. I always found the mixing was a bit awkward, and when when you look at the kind of screenshots they're offering up here, you can you know I can see how this is going to be a nice, a really nice system to work with. It looks good. I've been playing with um, Propellerhead's record recently, and they, the mixer in there is based on the SSL board. Mm. So you've got dynamics in every channel and stuff like that, um, which is and it's a similar similar kind of thing to what's going on here, except that this being outdoor, it works on Linux as well as Windows and Mac. So yeah, it's pretty awesome stuff, isn't it? Yeah, that's cool. Is that as cleared it through? Oh, we have a um, the Endless Series version three point Oh yeah, how did that? That's that was the first thing I added this week. Um, Ollie Larkin released the Endless Series 3.0, like you say. So the Endless Series is a collection of effects based on Shepard tones, and they used to run through Plugo, um, but now they've been recoded in C++ and they've been consolidated into just a single plugin, and it's available as VST and audio unit. Um, RTIS as well, I think. So, yeah, check it out. Highly recommended. And there's a great video which explains if you don't know what Shepard tones are, then he's put together a really good video which explains them. That's cool. We should probably mention that Ollie's a friend of ours, really. I think yeah. we should do. Ollie, Ollie, Ollie's a good friend of ours. That's, yeah, just, just to be polite, we should mention that, really. We yeah. should ask him to come on the show, actually. That's a great idea. Okay, let's do that. We're <laughs> inviting him. We're asking him. We'll see what he says. Cool. So um, I, th- I think that brings us to the end of the news and allows us to uh, to dive into the metaphorical waters of the main section. Okay. I'm going to defer to you here, Sam, as you've been uh, the main uh, instigator of this. But you're, well, yep, well, the, the main is the ongoing NIME conference. Yep. So NIME is going on right now in Oslo. And um, I was kind of aware of that. I've got to know some people that are there, but I would caught my eye was an exhibition which is going on alongside it and this is sonic interaction design exhibition at the norwegian museum of science technology and medicine indeed and the preface to that has really has a really good opening which is i was oh, okay um 
Sound is not music. Hearing is not listening. The sonic manifestations of objects affect our lives, even though they remain under the threshold of conscious attention most of the time. I thought that was awesome. That, that's pretty ace. Um, I've seen you've put it in the show notes. I have. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's, yeah. Um, sound is not music. Yeah. And hearing is not listening. Well, yeah, that's fair enough, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. So, like reading through that, they were talking about how the exhibition has a bunch of, well, there was a call went out and the things they selected invite people to play with them in different ways. So, whether you're sitting on it or pushing it or just touching things, but in order to make sounds, kind of drawing attention to gesture and results of things. Yeah. But the way that it was written reminded me of something we mentioned a couple of weeks ago um, in the m- Music Making Month, one of the... Oh, yeah. One so of the videos. Heads. Yep. So all of their things are, if you go back to that page, it's the links on the show notes as well. They've, all of their live conference, video conference things are now available to watch again via YouTube. Um, yep. The Found Instruments at Home by with Matt Parker. Mm. I like, kind of relate to that, the idea of looking at, looking at the sounds that you might not normally think of and working with unusual objects to get. Interesting yep. sounds. Yeah, I don't know. What else to say about that, really? No, that, that, that's interesting. I think it's... Um, yeah, but we're having a little bit of an aesthetics week, aren't we, here, really? That's, that's kind of nice. I like it, you know? We talk a lot of tech news, usually. This is nice. Well, I, I think there's a, good, there's a couple of good points there, isn't there? Just in ways that we... You know, I, I think often we, as as kind of people in the audio industry, we probably spend more time than a lot of people do actually deliberately sitting down to listen to things whether that's work we're working on or stuff like that Mm -hmm. i think that's a good observation because we probably forget that a lot of people really don't actually do that do they they just kind of even going back to the first story with the computer game music people enjoy computer games but perhaps uh, but they're not very rarely are they sitting there thinking man that's an awesome soundtrack you, you do for that first moment, don't you? You know, when you turn on the sub and the whole room trembles. You know, the first artillery shell goes off and the whole room bounces. You, know? you remember that moment, don't you? That's like the one. It's like, oh, yeah, that was nice. And that's it. It's gone. You don't care what it sounds like anymore. You just, you know. But, like, if it's doing its job, then you're just immersed in the atmosphere and not, you're not listening to it as music. It's just the sound. And See, but that's so interesting, isn't it? Because I've never been in a war zone, and obviously I, I feel I should tip my hat to those who do, <laughs> do representers in those kind of places. And I appreciate that, and I think it's appropriate. But at the same point, I am fairly certain there is not a, uh, a a fairly ornate string movement occurring in the background of your average battle battleground. You know what I mean? And it's kind of weird, isn't it? How like yep. we, we kind of you know it's it's like the movie approach, isn't it? You know. I think I think that's interesting. Just as a yeah, that, that intrigues me all the time. I often think it'd be fun if you could have your own soundtrack to your life happening in the background. Which well, that goes back to the iPod thing, doesn't it? Well, yeah, People do walk around and everything's awesome, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah. Yep. Although it's always, it's not always that personal, is it? Just bleed out quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah. Yep. Um, let's pull it back to Nime. Back to Nime, yeah. Oh, yep. Or is it Neem or Nime? Actually, Neem. I think it's N. Well, it's new. So you, you say Neem, I'll say Nime. All right. Well, either way, it's N I M E. New interfaces, musical expression. Um, cool. Yeah. It's happening right now, so we can't really report what's going on because I'm not there. But um, I did a quick search on Twitter to see if we get any news from there. And um, from, I think, well, there was a few things that 
Look, I, I chose one that jumped out, which was a quote from, oh, okay, let's murder this name, um, Sergei Jorda. Okay. I don't know. Um, he said it's probably easier to make good music with a good stone than with a bad name. Nice. I'll just, yep, leave it there. Um, that was from a user called Armitage, who I don't know. I have uh, just, uh, just followed them on behalf of the show. On behalf of the show. So if people wanted to follow the show, they could follow the show. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> At the audio podcast. The they're just jumping in there, just sabotaging your, your oh, I'm very sorry about that. That's okay. I only have one last thing to say, which is that the, that guy, whose name I won't try and say again, is one of the inventors of the React table, which is a famous, although now it's not so cutting edge. It's quite a standard thing now, the React table, which was oh, yeah, man, 2007 that was first out, and yeah. it's, there's lots of things in that vein now. Mori Turk's class tables, man. It was going to be awesome, wasn't it? And everybody has one now on their phone. But the React table uses physical objects. Oh. Yeah, my apologies. That I was in the wrong place. It's, it's, there is, there is touchscreen versions of it. Yeah, I was thinking we, took, we talked about the touchscreen app a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? Actually? Yes. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's where I just jumped. I'd been like, you know, I'd forgotten <laughs> about the fact you had to put an object on it at one point. There's still something cool about the object on the thing, though, actually. I think that's... It's using computer vision to know which way it's pointing in order to change its thing as you move it around. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's interesting. Well, maybe there'll be more Neem stuff next week if we can get hold of some... Yeah, why not? We can, uh, we, can, we, can, we can revisit it as well. You know, that's cool. So, who are <laughs> Marathis? Arr, it'd be plunder time. And we're still in computer game or territory. Actually, this kind well, of this is a the theme, like accidentally today, isn't it? Yeah, I'm saying it's it, it is. This is the article we were going to talk about last week, and it wasn't there. Yeah, we, we tried to go to the page, and it had gone off the website, so we couldn't mention it. So hopefully, by the time you get there, it'll still be there. But it's there right now. Um, Star Wars: The Old Republic is the game in question, and what's his name uh, Scott Morton there we go and he, he is one of the audio designers who is responsible for the soundscapes and he has a fairly extensive interview just discussing how they how they develop the sound for the game they have you know various kind of bits of you know kind of video and stuff in there where they just kind of talk about the different approaches and things like that and it's really quite it's really quite interesting they also have a really great question and answer session at the end as well mm. Which is really, really interesting. And they're actually community questions. So if you want to ask them a question, you can actually submit a question and ask them about it. So I think that's a pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I thought it was a great article when we saw it last week, actually. And I'm glad it's, I'm glad it's you know, reappeared and we could get it on for this week. Because yep. I really thought it was valuable. That's cool. Hey, what's our other item? Um, of Plunder. From UberWeb. Now, I think we... we yeah. <laughs> Now, now this is awesome, and it is on our show notes, isn't it? But I think there's a question mark as to how how legitimate how legitimate this actually is. So, um, you know what? Let's just we'll just mention it. But maybe I know how we're going to put this. I know how we put this. So, UbiWeb here has a history of electronic music, 1937 to 2001. And I think that this is an incredible list of important and significant works. But it's not just the names of the works, it's links to MP3s of these works. Yeah, but I don't think we should mention there's a link to the MP3, because we don't know if there's... Okay, we won't say that then. We could, yeah. but So it's a great list of things. It is. I think it's... Yeah. And, and if you were to find a way of listening to this material, I think it would be beneficial. 
And I would suggest in Amazon, maybe your local library, iTunes, Spotify, Last.fm would all be legitimate ways of listening to this music. And there are other options available as well, I'm sure. And maybe there's an easier option as well, but I wouldn't want to comment about that easier option. Well, UbiWeb's this own disclaimer is all rights of materials presented belong to the artists. They're not claiming anything on there. And all materials are for non-commercial or educational use only. That's what they say. You see, that terrifies me even more because that's basically the equivalent of we might be doing something wrong, but we're just going to say it's not our fault if we are and we're not making many money out of it anyway, so it's okay. Maybe. I feel more nervous now we've mentioned this. You know, there's a bit of me which is like... <laughs> So I'm going to I think it's a great list of stuff. I'm saying, let, let, if you look at some of the stuff here, it's really cool, isn't it? I'm saying there's a load of Pierre Henry, Henry stuff in there as well. Uh, is there anything in particular? Oh, John Chowning stuff. So there, yeah, I agree with that. Is there anything you, you that particularly jumped out for yourself in this list? Um, well, the old stuff because you, you often see things like well, the first one on the list is um, Messian, and you know, I've, in a piece from 1937. So that type of thing you often see mentioned in books or cage imaginary landscapes number two on the list and these things are old and i could go to the library and listen to it on a disc but i I never have yeah maybe i will go to the library and listen to it maybe i will when 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 i look at this list it feels very american european yes i think there's a um comments like at the end isn't there is is there i haven't I've, Mm. i've only been down through the it's clearly a flawed selection. There are few women oh, as is. <laughs> and almost no one working outside of the Western tradition. Where are the Japanese, the Chinese, etc.? Oh, I see. I didn't even make it to that. Well, I feel kind of, you know, very... <laughs> I, my my authorant wasn't at the, um, you know, my, my main observation was the was the regional basis. I'm not really interested. To, I have no concern over the, the gender issue at all. But, you know, I mean, quite clearly this is European and Americans here. This is mm-hmm. what's there. And there's a lot more of the world than European and Americans, so... That was my observation. I think it's a good list. I think it's, um, you know, with the idea, with the understanding of the European-American focus, I think it's fine. I think it's a good list for that. Yeah. You know? it, it's a cool resource as well. I'm saying they must have spent some time putting it together, I guess. It's Definitely. Cool. Um, don't really know much about UbuWeb, actually. Do you know anything about UbuWeb? No, this is it's new to me. I think, from what I can tell, they, they, they're, they're towing this line, all this line that makes us nervous about it is what they do. I think that's... What, Seems to be the remit. I could have, I could be reading into this wrong. I only clicked a few times and read sections. You know, Let, let's is. retreat back then. So, as a piece of plunder, we like it as a list of works. Yes. And any additional functionality offered by the site, we're not convinced by. Well, we're not. It's not that we're not convinced by. We just feel nervous about. I no. I, 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 well, I see. I'm going to take it the other way around and say I'm, I'm nervous about this list, but it looks like a great site. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. We've done really well there. That's cool. So um, we we do have it linked off the show notes, don't we? So <laughs> probably. <laughs> oh, well, it'll be fine. It is fine. It'll be fine. Go check that out. It's awesome. There. That's what. Yeah. That's that's what we are. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 To be ace. Cool. You know what? That means we've made it to the end of the show as well. And we've managed to keep the show to like less than thirty minutes right now. Woo! So we've done pretty well there. We, we're we're trying to keep the shows done. We just have so much fun. Well, we've already given the um, where where we are and what's going on. Wiki dot or do a podcast uk. That's the key one. That's the one we need to give. Wiki dot the audio podcast uk. You can get our Twitter, Facebook. Oh, we have a Facebook page which you can like. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. That's awesome. If you want to complain about me or Sam or anything else, then feel free to send us an email or 
you know, send us a Twitter or something. We like that as well. Cool. Okay. Um, right, we'll see you next week. Okay. Bye. Bye.